A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Candy with an I has 34 followers. I'm thinking... <laughs> you think it's a, a bot? It's a bot. I think so. I get one like every day. Wait a minute, she's got a tongue piercing. <laughs> the invasion of privacy that happens around that here. That was off air. That was, I, that was during a break. Just got an invitation to follow someone on Twitter, and so I was investigating. Candy with a... I'm not going to... An I... With her tongue piercing. Oh, hush. I like how Stu, by the way, Ice Cold Store Engineer, is always the expert on this stuff. Oh, that's a bot. I get those twice a day. Maybe, or maybe Candy's real and wants to get to know you. You can argue with a Russian bot. <laughs> what, if, what if Candy's a big listener in Lilburn? And she's like, oh, I've always been a fan of the Kang. You write her back. Logan Bill, send her pictures, and you guys get to know each other. Oh, hush. We're live at Harris Cherokee in the Caesar Sportsbook. The 4 o'clock hour of the program is presented by Entry Point Doors and Windows, Atlanta's local expert for entry doors and windows. They're Atlanta's best for a reason. Go to entrypointatlanta.com for a free estimate. Uh, Charles will get Candy off his mind and get a college football today. On his mind. We'll do it in five minutes. What can we look forward to? Uh, I interviewed Mike Norvell. Way to sell it, Chuck. Well, he's the Florida State coach. Florida State coach Mike Norvell tells us about the next challenge he's about to face in the ACC. Oh, yeah, like we talk about his quarterback and some other stuff. All right, that's five minutes away. Tell your Florida State friends. Uh, We lost Tim McCarver today at 81 years old, and I will say about Tim McCarver, He was very Billy Packer-like about the seriousness in which he talked about his sport. And that's not a criticism. That's just uh, acknowledging what Tim was. But I will say, for my youth, Tim was in the booth for every big game. And as a Braves fan, they played in the World Series in the postseason so much that whether it was him working with Sean McDonough or him working with Joe Buck, Tim McCarver was there for just about every big from the Braves 1991 with the Twins to the Braves and the Blue Jays. Uh, the time that Tim wasn't there was 95 because they switched back and forth with that Fakakta ABC, NBC thing. That's but, right. But McCarver was there for just about all of it, and he was really, really good. He also was a major leaguer for a long time. In fact, if you go look, I want to say in 1980, the Phillies brought him back for just a handful of appearances, like just some at-bats and whatever. Maybe he was Steve Carlton's personal catcher, right? He was, yes. And so he was the first guy I ever heard of that was a personal catcher. Every time Steve Carlton would pitch, then the backup catcher, Tim McCarver, would catch. And it sets up, you know, familiarity and gives a guy a day. What, Damon Berryhill? Was that Greg Maddox's? Well, I don't know if, well, Maddox had a million of them. Maddox had anybody not named Javi. Don't you remember? He just didn't the, want the starter. Yeah, Charlie O'Brien or just anybody not named Javi. Yeah. So he got a world series ring again at the very end um but he was a big leaguer for a long time but he was mostly known as being steve carlton's personal catcher with the cardinals back in the day and then after the trade then the phillies got him brought him over philadelphia too yep, so the career's a player and then i would bet 10 times more well known as the broadcaster for again being on the number one team and in the world series all those big events it, it, it's in black and white it was so long ago but it was i don't know 66 67 go look at the cardinals team photo with he and bob gibson they decided they wanted to embrace and hold hands on the team photo one day. And so it's kind of one of those funny things that in the official team photo, you got two guys sitting there holding hands. Um, and it, so it's just he was a 
uh, personality more so than he came across on those broadcasts. Rest in peace and uh, condolences out to the McCarver family. Um, Major League Baseball used to make a horrible choice, or at least Chuck tells me, but for a good reason now that's changed. Yeah, you may be old enough to remember this. Um, for a good reason, because they did not want any jimmying with the season or a short you know, cut to the, to the playoffs. Through the 1985 Major League season, for the best motivation possible, baseball's trade deadline was June 15th. Do you remember that at all? What years? Through the end of the 85 season. Not at all. No, it was eight, so I guess I wouldn't a, focus on it. But that seems very odd. Why would they a, do that? A GM had two months and two weeks to declare right now, in or out. Um, put another way. Major League GM had to decide, can our players improve over the next three and a half months of games to close the gap, or is like seven games out on June 15th enough to cut bait? If you go back and look at some of the all-time superstars who got traded at the trade deadline, like Tom Seaver, he got traded on June 15th at the trade deadline. Um, And it was because they said, well, and now it was extreme. But Major League Baseball had an idea that they didn't want any – late season trades to undo all the hard work so you had to declare early um i think when mlb expands there will be one trade deadline there used to be kind of a second one on august 31st but they took that away but they took that away but i guess i was Um, why why do we have a trade deadline at all oh well why can't you trade on like september 21st yeah you can, but he's not eligible for the postseason. Oh, I understand that. Well, not, now he can't even, though. Yeah. You, can't even, but like, well, you can pick up somebody who's been released right. or whatever and add him. But the, I don't but mean the, to cut you off, but like, I don't understand why we just let it let it go. Bring more interest to your game. Let the transaction happen all year. Do you mean up until, like, September 12th or so? Well, why, whenever, the end of well, the season. Well, you wouldn't want, for instance, in a division, the Milwaukee Brewers bust their tail and do everything right in the off season and five and a half months, and then with two weeks to go – you trade for Oakland's best player, Kansas City's best player. They're to, available to everybody. Sure, but it does. That's, that upsets all of the hard work with a couple of transactions. So that's the the, perp, the reason you don't have one. I do say it's going to get extended, though. Um, I think it'll be extended to August 31st after expansion. I'd and agree, part yeah. of it is to keep – it's all the economic reasons to keep fan bases don't really have a chance in it at least a little longer thinking they have a chance um now here's the truth some gms want to publicly be forced matt to cut bait mm-hmm. hey not me not the franchise we're just staring at july 31st um moving that to a month later doesn't get the gm as much in return especially if there's no final year on the contract for the following season but like fan base is all bunched together with a mathematical chance of winning gives mlb and the individual teams another month of interest and presumably folks spending money so i think when expansion comes it's going to be moved to august 31st which you're you're going too far the other way at this point so here's where you're right and you're wrong they will expand to the 32 teams. They'll go to eight playoff teams. So the problem for a lot of teams is going to be they're going to hang around whatever bogus playoff race they think they're in. So you're going to need to push it back as far as possible to let those GMs not have to declare on July 31st whether they're in the race or not. Now, the truth is these GMs really know what they have. They Because the standings say we're four and a half out of a wild card race, we don't want to look like we're punting on the season. They would rather be eight and a half so that it's accepted. Well, it's accepted, and you don't want to tell your fans not to come. Yep. When you trade on July 31st, and you're four and a half out, you're saying to the fans, no need to come. Now, uh, August 31st, eight teams make the playoffs. You got 
everybody within Nobody's five out. I know, and that's where it's going to get tricky, which, to my original point, let it just linger as long as possible. June 15th that's hilarious. was the trade deadline. You had two that's... months in, like, ten games, and I was like, all right, can you win? Hell, I don't know. It's June. I don't know. What, what did it look like? Were there a lot of activity at that there point? There was. Like I said, it was big-time superstars who get traded on June 14th. So the only different big difference, and, and you know, we've talked about this, you only had two teams make the playoffs. So you could have the two divisions of six teams or seven teams. And you could be buried by June. Yeah. You really could. Like I, there were. Oh, years. the Braves would. They would finish thirty-two games out yeah. of first. There were years where somebody got off to a good start. I'm going to use you know absurd examples. There was a year where the Detroit Tigers started thirty-five and five. Yep. Like if you looked at the standings on June fifteenth, most everybody was eliminated. <laughs> so they could declare. There was there's, a Brewers team where it was like. 27 and sixers yeah we've had seattle teams start off hot yankees last year yeah, yeah. so when you only had two and no wild card it's like oh yeah this is easy june 15th we can make a trade now i mean we what do you have 82 wins and you're hanging around a playoff chase by the end of the year uh hey golfers it's happening again the fan and bears best atlanta are here with an invitation for you to join us to kick off your golf season with the chili dip open it all benefits first team metro atlanta <laughs> I could do that with the sound effects. Uh, building game changers by empowering kids and teens through golf. We'll tee off Friday, March 10th at noon with a shotgun start. Your foursome includes greens fees at one of Metro Atlanta's finest courses, post-round trophies, a great raffle with prizes, and, of course, chili. That one was funny. <laughs> Don't wait and risk missing the first big golf tournament of 2023. Book your foursome today at golf now.com or at bearsbestatlanta.com it's the chili dip open benefiting first team metro atlanta it i happens. smell fart friday march 10th at bears best atlanta it's all brought to you by bears best harris cherokee casino and resort hennessy jaguar land rover gwinnett kroger along with beaver toyota Anderson Power Services, and Tito's Handmade Vodka. It smells like poo-poo. Off his back foot, caught, touchdown! Chuck Oliver's College Football Today, brought to you by Duffy Realty of Atlanta, because money matters. Good to be the king. Duffy Realty, ATL.com, that and the website. If you got a house to sell or maybe you need a buyer's agent, it all works out great for you. Again, Ron Duffy, Duffy Realty, ATL.com. Well, welcome on right now. Hey, Coach, Florida State Seminoles, Mike Norvell. Coach, how are you today? I'm doing great, Chuck. Thanks so much for having me on. And uh, just excited. Uh, spring ball's getting closer. So uh, guys have been working working really well in our winter program and just uh, counting down the days. All right. Well, let's start off by making you really uncomfortable and talk about something you don't want to. Uh, have you gotten used to, I guess all coaches, have you gotten used to your money being in the paper? Like my paycheck is not in the paper, and I'm kind of happy about that. You got an extension about a week ago, um, and it was, I mean, that's just kind of a very public thing, but you're locked up, and the fans or at least are happy about it. Well, I'm just so grateful, for, you know, grateful for the for the opportunity I get to lead this program and just for our administration, uh, for the president, board of trustees, athletic director. I mean, it's a, uh, this is a special place. And to, to have that support and that belief, not only where we are, but, but especially where we're going. Um, you know, it's an exciting time. You're, you're here to be a Seminole. And, um, you know, our, our players, you know, the, the guys that uh, we have here on campus, the guys we're recruiting to campus, um, it's, um, you know, really, really pleased with the, with the steps we've taken as a program and really believe we set a great foundation just to, to build upon as we uh, as we continue to grow 
All right, let's talk Jordan Travis because, uh, I don't know, height-wise, if you're six feet tall now, that's plenty big for the NFL. Um, and you, if you were able to throw tall, you could be Russell as well if you were shorter than that, but whatever. And he's taller than that, so that's fine. But what does he have to do to improve his stock more with the NFL in the 2023 season with Florida State? You know, I, I think he's in a great position. And, uh, you know, Jordan's done some remarkable things, played as, at a very high level here this this last year. Uh, I mean, you look at uh, just the uh, the leadership, you know, the, that he shows. I mean, the way that uh, you, this team follows him, you know, the playmaking ability that he has, you know, not only, you know, with what he does with his arms, but obviously, you know, with, you know things he can do with his legs, um, you know, are truly special. And, uh, you know, when you see, you know, teams, um, whether it's, when teams try to pressure him, you know, just the accuracy and the, the rhythm and timing that he's grown in so much confidence in. And then you also being able to push the ball down the field, you know, part of the, you know, one of the most explosive offenses in the country. And, you know, he's a catalyst for that. And, uh, you know, I think as he, as he continues to, to grow and just, uh, you know, that consistency and just the, uh, um, you know, taking his game to the, to the next level. I mean, it's, uh, he's got a great future in front of him and, uh, definitely excited. I get to coach him for one more year before he takes that next step couple more minutes here, Florida State head coach Mike Norvell. Jared Verse, man, you talk about a physical advantage. You get a grown man on the line of scrimmage in college football. That is a big deal, and he came back for another year. I got to say, I wasn't expecting. Um, talk about just that, the nature of that, the physical the ability to overwhelm a kid who may be 18 or 19 years old. No, I mean, you know, Jared is, is uh, you know, I believe he's just scratched the surface where he's going to go. Uh, you know, coming in, you know, being in the program for a year, you know, you know obviously transferring up from uh, from Albany. Uh, this was a, you know, at all times you change, it's going to be a little bit trans- of, of a transition. But, I mean, really just, you know, how he's how he's bought into the program, you know, the success that he had, you know, you know, immediately. Uh, and then, you know, the opportunity just to continue to get better. And, you know, he really loves being a Florida State Seminole and the teammates that he has and, and you know, obviously the the areas where he can continue to to improve and, and showcase all the skills and talents that he has and you know he's just uh, done a wonderful job since he's gotten here and uh, you know, really excited for, for what this year is, is going to hold for him coach appreciate your time as always man thank you for coming on well thanks so much for having me and go Knowles. chuck oliver's college football today brought to you by duffy realty of atlanta on the college football voice of the south 680 the fan Coach Norvell, if I could, I want to ask you a little bit about your depth in the running back room. Coach. Coach. Coach Norvell. Coach, are you there? He's gone. Is he still? Coach. Oh, you got him up? Uh, We lost him again. Man. Another time Matt gets boxed out of an interview. Story of my life. And it still hurts. Coming up next, if Desmond Ritter is going to be the man. You got to beat the man. Woo! There's nobody for him to beat right now. You, like, get that right. He is, if he's going to be the man. You got to beat Ric Flair <laughs> one more time. No, he does not at all. <laughs> if he's going to be the man, the Falcons should copy the blueprint from this super loser. Oh, kiss your boots if you can do it. <laughs> we'll talk about that next. Woo! Chuck and Chernoff, I could have been the fourth member of Destiny's Child. Didn't they have four originally and kick somebody out? No, that one went. Maybe that was me.
Uh, we're live with Harris Cherokee inside the Caesar Sportsbook. We're going to be joined by the new voice of the Atlanta Braves on TV, Brandon Gordon. Will join us coming up in five minutes. We're here until six o'clock, and then it's the front rows audio fun bag with Dill, the up and comer, the rising star, the next generation of six eighty the fan talent. You look uh, befuddled. If you do play by play on a broadcast, I know it's a really, 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 really great idea to do it. But does every play by play guy score the game? Like keep one of those books? Baseball, they do. Sure, they've done that forever. But. We'll every, him, every right? play-by-play guy does that, right? It feels like back in the day when you used to, like, the old way of balancing. I don't think Harry Carey scored the game. But it feels the like the old way of balancing your checkbook. Like, there are other ways you could do things now. Exactly. Right. So we'll ask I'm just wondering, do you, do you keep it? Well, I want to know if you had to audition. Do you have to go through, like, when you're the voice of Madden. Oh, he's offer only. He's on he Fox. He doesn't read. He's he, offer only. He does Fox NFL football. Uh, he did the uh, George Tech Yellow Jack. He's done baseball for Fox. Do you have to audition for Bally? We'll find out coming up in five minutes. But first, if Desmond Ritter is going to be the man, which means the Falcons are going to, they're going to marry him. They're going to dedicate to him by building around him the best way possible. I think the Philadelphia Eagles just showed you the proper way when you're not sure about your quarterback, and they were not sure about Jalen Hurts. Don't do revisionist history. When they took Jalen, people went, you have Carson. You took him in the second round. Then his first year starting, they were like, we're still not sure, and they got to the playoffs at 9-8, and eight, lost to the Bucks, and they still weren't sure. Do you guys remember the framing of the A.J. Brown trade? The idea was we're going to give Jalen all the stuff he needs, and then we'll know. It's the same thing with Tua. We're going to give him a year. We're going to say, well, here's A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. No excuses. We're going to give you all this stuff, and you have to show, if, show us if you're the guy. Well, Jalen did that. If you're the Falcons, that has to be the philosophy, and you're able to do that for two reasons. One, Desmond's cheap. Desmond was a third-round pick. You have him cheap for three more years. Two, you have all the money in the world. You have more money than you have to spend in years and years. And the way the Eagles did it is exactly what I told you. They invested two ways. They traded. To get the 10th pick in the draft, who became Devontae Smith. Not only did they trade to get there, they took a wide receiver at 10. That, that was Devontae Smith. They traded a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick for A.J. Brown and then paid him $100 million. They drafted Dallas Goddard in the second round. They drafted the running back Miles Sanders in the second round. These are high-quality round draft picks that they said, okay, Jalen, we're giving you all this stuff. And, oh, by the way, they have one of the top two or three offensive lines in football. Oh, absolutely. Which is something that cannot be neglected. So if you're the Falcons, let's look at this. All right, you've invested. You invested in, in Drake London, top ten pick. You invested in Kyle Pitts, top five pick. You hit the jackpot with a fifth rounder in Tyler Algier, and that's a very big deal at the running back position. Now as you pick eighth in the draft, I brought up the idea yesterday of taking an O-lineman. It makes even more sense. If you are going to surround your maybe quarterback that you want to turn into the man, you've got to surround him with as much stuff as possible. So we're going to try to be as great as we can at every other position. We'll overpay at some of them because you always overpay in free agency to give Desmond a chance to grow into the position the way Jalen Hurts did. Now, it's not easy because you have to hit on all that stuff. And I just told you the Eagles hit on A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders and the, and the offensive line. It's akin to what the Niners did. And the Niners believed they were doing it for Trey Lance, but Trey got hurt. So it turned out to be we'll do it for Brock Purdy. And the the last piece of that puzzle was we'll go trade for Christian McCaffrey. But that was after drafting Debo in the second round and a first-round pick on Brandon Ayuk and finding a steal in George Kittle in the fifth and signing Kyle Juszczyk, a fullback, to the biggest fullback contract in NFL history. Follow their lead. That's how you're going to have to do this. You're not going to expect Desmond to all of a sudden – 
rise the level or raise the level of people around him yet if he ever gets there. I have no idea if he can ever get there. But in the meanwhile, give him as much stuff as possible and then see what he can do a year or two down the road the way the Eagles did. I've said after four starts where he played all but the final few snaps against Tampa, right? Um, After four games, four starts, two dubs, right? Two and two. Two I still don't have any clue. No, you shouldn't. I need something after season two or like the midway point of season two. Or I need to be seeing Justin Fields play or I need to see whoever the draft pick is or whoever the trade or the free agent or whatever. You need to have discovered an angle on, all right, we've got the quarterback figured out, we think. That need, you're not going to win until you do. No, I will tell you, they, again, though, Chuck, I'll use the Eagles. They were two years in on Jalen, didn't know. Sure. They did sure. not know. There's a chance you still won't be fully convinced one way or another another year down the road. So at that point, you have another offseason of, okay, let's well, give then, him. Because you're not going to be able to fix everything. When I say give him as much stuff as possible, this offseason you can go get him another wide receiver, draft an offensive lineman, pick one up in free agency. The next offseason after that, you can go do the same yeah. thing. And all of a sudden, now you've given him two years and all the things you want to build around him. I would like more of the window. The Eagles realized, wait a minute, we have to break Jalen off like now. So Jordan Schultz. From the Schultz Report, NFL Insider tweeted earlier this morning, I'm a huge Desmond Ritter fan and strongly believe he deserves a chance to be QB1 for the Falcons. He says, I asked a longtime NFL scout about him as well, who said, quote, he's got plenty of traits you'd look for in a starter, and he's a great leader, and he's smart, and he's a winner. All right. Uh, listen, all that stuff sounds good. I think there are a few things. I think Desmond needs to get bigger. I think he needs to get stronger. I think he needs just time to find out, but I also don't think he's one of those players that is going to take a mid-level roster and, and turn him into something and great. pass them into the Super Bowl. Or even make them into a like a legitimate threat for the Super Bowl. And for, who knows, Jalen Hurts might not have turned into that. Jalen now is a very different player, but it also happens to be, and, and this is, like, Chris Sims was a big fan of, of dogging on Jalen a little bit. Really? Because he said anybody could play in that system because of the O-line and the weapons Jaylen that I'm talking about. Jalen scored 40 touchdowns. Uh, that's what I, well, 35. That's what I said. And you saw him on the biggest stage, what he did in that game, his best player on the field. So can Desmond get there? I don't know, but you better give him the best chance. You, I don't want to be sitting here doing this show in two years and go, why didn't they add another O-line? Philadelphia's a great team, yeah. well-coached and all that. If they won, it would have been, all right, they won because of that guy. I just I don't want to be saying what they didn't do for Desmond. So that's that's just the difference for them moving forward. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at AtlantaRamjack.com. All right, the uh, Braves have themselves a new play-by-play voice on TV, and it's a name and a face you're very familiar with. This he was Doug. The, 
too early, Chuck. He was the one-time voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. He's in my home like five days a week when I, whenever Madden gets dialed up on the PS4. He's Brandon Gordon. Now, Bally's, no, it's it's Brandon. Brandon Gordon joins <laughs> us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Brandon, congrats. How are you doing? Oh, you guys are funny. Uh, I'm doing great today. Thanks for having me on. Do you wake up and those pipes are that good? Like, I picture Brandon Gordon. Like, you hear, you hear Chuck has to clear his throat 700 yeah, times. Not good. Like, you wake up and I feel like you're going to make your Starbucks order, and it sounds like Brandon Gordon. Is that fair? You know, I need to come on here more often. The only person that makes me feel this good is my mother. So if you guys just keep this going, this will be great. <sighs> we'll build you up, Brandon. We have, then we'll cut you down after that. But uh, I was curious. Did, Brandon Gordon is the voice of Madden. He's on Fox. He's doing baseball. He's doing football. He's been a big to-do for a while. Did you have to go in and audition for the Braves job for Bally? It wasn't an audition. I mean, they when, I, when the job opened up, when I found out that Chip was leaving for St. Louis, I knew right away that this was my dream job. It's something that I had always wanted since growing up a Braves fan at age seven. It's just one of those things that you never know if it's going to line up and it's going to work out career-wise. But ever since I left Georgia Tech in 2016, I stayed in Atlanta. I like it in Atlanta. I've made Atlanta my home. And so when the job opened up, it was just a no-brainer that, heck, yeah, I was going to pursue it. I'm obviously fortunate enough that they were interested in bringing me in for the interview. And what was unique about the interview process with the Braves that's different with some of the others that I've gone through is that not only did I meet with the guys from Bally, but I actually met at Truist Park with Derek Schiller and Alex Anthopoulos. And I think it said a lot about the team for the president and the general manager to spend an hour with the candidates for this position because they know that this is one that they want to be invested in. And that just, again, that said a lot to me about where the franchise is at, why they've had so much success and just how they're running things. And that made me want to be a part of it even more. Can you remember, go back to when you were like 8 or 10 or whatever, because we all say what we're going to do in life. Did you say, I want to be mm, major league announcer or do the Super Bowl? or, or like Because you've kind of checked all those boxes, and nobody checks like the 10-year-old boxes. Yeah, well, I, that's where I've been incredibly fortunate along the way. I've been able to check boxes that I – you dream of checking, but you never know that if you're ever really going to get to live that dream. And today feels like the ultimate dream. I remember when I was seven years old in 1991, I came down to old Fulton County Stadium for game five, Braves versus Twins in the World Series. And the Braves won 14 to five. And that was the first sporting event, professional sporting event that I ever attended. And even though I was only seven, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember what it smelled like. I remember the scene when I walked into Fulton County. I remember Mark Lemke's triple down the right field line to open it up in the seventh inning and make it 10 to three. I remember holding my phone tomahawk in my uncle's car on the drive back with car horns honking. And truly ever since that night, I have fallen in love with the Braves, and I, fall, I fell in love that night with baseball. And so through the 90s, I was a Superstation kid. I watched Skip Carey, Don Sutton, Joe Simpson, and Pete Van Weren every night, and I would play baseball, a make-believe game, in the foyer of my home in southern Indiana, acting like I was Skip Carey, calling the games. And so for me, this is truly something that I have wanted to do from age 7 on. It's just, again, it's one of those jobs that, at times seems like a pipe dream, and it's one of those jobs that you never know if it's going to open up and be the right time. But I happened to be right here in Atlanta when it did, and it happened to work out perfectly for me, and I'm just incredibly fortunate to have the opportunity.
The new TV voice of the Braves, Brandon Gauden from Bally Sports with Chuck and Chernoff on the Hobson at Hobson Newsmaker line. Do you do a Skip Carey impression? <laughs> well, the call, there's so many calls from Skip that I remember, but his call of Cabrera's hit in 92 in the NLCS Game 7 against the Pirates to send the Braves back to the World Series Let's is hear it. one that I will all. Oh, well, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Right, go for it. So Set the scene. Here we go. <laughs> a lot of room in right center. If he hits one there, we can dance in the street. No, no, Brandon, get There's into it. Two... Get into it. Here we go. Here we go. Get into it. Here we go. Cue. Action. <laughs> Well, I'm just that's how he that's how he set it up. You gotta build you gotta build the drama. Okay. All right, now we're uh, so, a lot of room in right center. If he hits one there, we can dance in the streets. The two one. Swung line drive left field. Yes. One yes. run is in. Yes. Here comes yes. Yes. the play. Yes. He is safe. safe. Frames win. Yeah. Frames win. Brains win. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I, uh, I sometimes, when I'm sitting here, will just pull that up on YouTube. Uh -huh. And it may sound corny and cliche, guys, but that is a subtle reminder of why I got into this business. It was listening to Skip Carey growing up. Uh, and just, you know, reliving that in my mind right now, it kind of brings chills up and down your spine. Yeah, you always know it's authentic, a real Braves fan, when they know that the, you got to pause after Braves win, Braves win, Braves, Braves win, win, pause. Braves win. Braves win, exactly. <laughs> um, so you mentioned you lived in Atlanta. That's There's so many interesting uh, uh, retired athletes, coaches, et cetera, who make their home here. What was it about the city that you're like, all right, this is place to uh, kind of plant a flag? So when I came down to be the voice of Georgia Tech, it was 2013. And when I made that move, I was actually doing games for my alma mater, Butler University. And they had just come off those two runs to the final four. Yep. And I was and I was living a great scenario. I just thought, this is wonderful. I didn't have any interest in moving. But when the Georgia Tech job opened, because my heartstrings were so tied to Atlanta, I thought, that's a job I'm going to pursue. And it was an opportunity to get down here to a city that I grew up coming to and was so passionate about. And so when I got that tech job, I was tickled to death. I mean, I, I love my time at tech. So when, when the opportunity to switch over to television came about in 2016, I just never moved because I like the city. I like the weather. I like the people. Obviously, the Braves are here. Uh, and and I, look, when I left tech, I never envisioned Chip would leave the Braves and that this door may open. Uh, but when I saw that it did, as I told you guys a little bit ago, it was just a no-brainer to at least seek out the opportunity. So, uh, but look, this is bottom line. This is a city I've now lived in for a decade. Obviously, I'm putting roots down here now, uh, and I'm just extremely ecstatic to be here. All right. Do you have the big giant official scorebook for the season? Because I don't know if that's required for a responsible play-by-play -play guy, or is that just overkill from Ben Ingram? So there's there's the, the old Bob Carpenter scorebook. A lot of people won't know that name, but he's kind of the one that it's a boat the grandfather of cre creating this this modern day scorebook. And yes, I have mine. I keep all my games in there. I've got all my games from last season and the year before in there. So. I will have to, once again, just like I was planning to do, dust it off and get that baby ready to roll for opening day. Will we have a rivalry with you and Ben Ingram? Is there something we could do to pit you, to pit you guys against each other? Because I think it would be fun yeah. for you know, a soap yeah. opera, a little side story. Yeah, I think it's all going to be hugs and handshakes, unfortunately, oh. because uh, I hate I hate to tell you that. Ben, ben was one of the first people to send me a text today, and it was a very nice text, and you know, I replied and said the obvious, which is he, he's great, and I'm just excited to be able to be in the trenches with him and share this experience with these guys. The crew truly 
like, is just awesome. Jeff Brancourt called last night, and I've never met Jeff, but after talking with him for 10 minutes, I felt like I'd known him for 10 years. Uh, so I'm just, look, I'm blessed, and I'm thankful to be stepping into the situation that I am. Brandon, you're saying all the right things, but let's be clear. Uh, Frank Hork can be a bit of a microphone hog. He's got a big ego. <laughs> the broadcast in his eyes is all about him, and I think the sooner you ran, he probably said the right things, but I just want you to be fully aware of what you're getting into with Frank Hork. There's a lot of diva in Frank Hork that you need to be prepared for. No, no, I've heard the stories. Don't worry, but I'm willing <laughs> to share the sugar. You know, ba- baseball games, even though they're shortening with a pitch clock, you still got three hours there, yep. so there, there's time to there's time to go around. Well, we wish you nothing but success. We're thrilled for you. Uh, it's a great gig, the dream job for you, and uh, nothing but success here in year number one. It'll be here before you know it with uh, Brandon Godden. And I should say, the cool points that Brandon Godden must get from being the voice of Madden, like you're probably every uh, 12 to 18-year-old kid's favorite voice because they recognize it every single day. How much of the Madden has been the most response versus everything else you've done? Yeah, and definitely with my nephew and his buddies, that's really the only people I'm cool with. Uh, the old, the older people, are like, yeah, whatever, get out of here. But uh, at least I've got some street cred with with the 12 year old nephew and his buddies. So we got that going for us, which is nice. If you want more street cred during games, if you can work Chuck and Chernoff in somewhere, Matt and Chuck, just something in the brand. <laughs> yeah, good, good for our brand, not so much. For I was listening to Matt and Chuck on my drive in today, and just reference something we talked about. If you figure out a way to do that, it's always a win. <laughs> Something to work We'll on. get there. All right. Hey, I'm sure we'll be talking as, as things go on here, guys, but thanks for having me. Brandon, thank you, my friend. Congratulations again. Right, There's Brandon Godden, the new thanks. voice of the Braves on Valley Sports with uh, that egomaniac, Frank Hoare. Was not really on the, I don't know, my personal list of, ooh, William, what will be the, who will get that job, and then will there be a domino, of, like two or three dominoes, um, like somebody leaving another, and none of that happened. It was how, uh, how pissed off do you think Tom Hart is right now? I don't know how that all worked out. Last I heard, you got a text from somebody else saying he was in the final three. He was. That was the understanding. I and I, I love, listen. I love Brandon. I love Tom to death. I wish they could both do it. I was. I was rooting for all of the above. I didn't play favorites. Right. I always felt like I had a. Oh, hand. were you called? Did... Well, I always felt like I had a hand in Tom's. Kind of career ascension. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it hurts me a little bit that he didn't get it. But Tom's resilient. I hope he's not listening right now. Well, I love Tom. What do you mean? No. That, was, that was a compliment to Tom. Uh, Tom, listen, he'll bounce back. Uh, he'll do fine. He's- Riley has just taken Aaron Nola hard to pound town. You think Gordon's got that call? Maybe that was on the okay, on the okay, reel. Yeah. Do you think Gordon has no? Gordon doesn't have that call. So, again, wherever Hart lands, we wish him nothing but the best. Uh, <laughs> coming up next, NFL history. And the NFL right now, it's crystal clear. And if Scary Terry and Coach Arthur are paying attention, they understand it. I'm Scary Terry. Welcome to your nightmare, bitch. What if every time I reference Terry Fonda, we didn't play that? I'm Scary Terry. You can run, but you can't hide, bitch. Or play it right after I say don't do it. Awesome. All right, we'll talk about it next. Thursday with Chuck and Chernoff live at Harris Cherokee. We are in Cherokee, North Carolina. I would hope you guys would make this 
a destination. It's so close. So close. Right up the road from Atlanta, we have two Harris Cherokee properties to choose from. One in Murphy, North Carolina. I passed that right on my way here. In Harris Cherokee, we, where we are in Cherokee, North Carolina. We're live inside the Caesar Sportsbook, doing it VIP style. Right in front of us, a big board full of odds and big screens. Legalized sports wagering. One day, Georgia will get there. But until then, you got Harris Cherokee. Chuck, are you looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the dogs taking home the national championship? Been for a while. Of course you are. Look no further than Hexhead Art. It's made in the USA. It's hand-painted. Hexhead Art is officially licensed MLB, Collegiate, NFL, NBA, NHL, military items, all available, perfect for your fan cave. Is it origami? Uh, it's not, Tamino. It's Hexhead Art. And while your wife doesn't want a decal or a flag on the wall... She wants you to live it up with Hexhead Art. You got to see some of the cool vintage fades that are just beautiful. You're going to love them. Go to HexheadArt.com. Be sure to check out the new Georgia Bulldog National Championship pieces. They're amazing Braves, Falcons, Hawks, Atlanta United options. And be sure to use the promo code THEFAN. That's T-H-E-F-A-N for 10% off your purchase. Go to HexheadArt.com and upgrade your fan cave today. Forever and a day, the NFL has been about one specific thing on defense, and that remains true today. That's something the Falcons have got to figure out. Uh, yeah, that is about sacking the quarterback. Um, Matt, did you see in the Super Bowl, it was cited a few times, that um, the Eagles had the second single highest uh, season total of sacks. <clears throat> it's actually a little bit more than that because the 85 Bears were cited as the first overall total with 82. Right. I'm going to make this point even more dramatic by taking the 85 Bears out of the equation because that was including the postseason and the Bears had 18 sacks in three postseason games. That'll help you win three postseason games. That'll also help skew your total. So I'm going to take them out, Matt. I'm going to say single-season team sacks, okay, regular season games only. Uh And that number kept flashing up there, and they showed the Bears, and they showed the uh, 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 Eagles. And I was like, well, I know what happened with the Bears, and we see what happens with the Eagles. And then they showed the third team on the list, and I was like, hey, wait a minute. I remember them. They were good, too. I went and looked, Matt, at the – all-time NFL single-season team records for sacks. And the takeaway was pretty immediate and pretty clear. Single-season team sacks is the only all-time NFL list that if your team did that, they won and big. No other category because I went and checked virtually every one of them. Single-season team sacks. If your team was elite, you won a bunch. 1984 Bears, first all-time 10 wins, division champs. 89 Vikings, 10 wins, division champs. The Eagles this year, the 87 Bears, 11 wins, division champs. I'll stop. Um, The list continues. Every team on the list of single season, sack total, elite all-time totals, won double-digit games, made the playoffs until you get the 13th. It was an L.A. Raiders team that went 8-8. Eight and eight. They had 64 sacks and went 8-8. Eight and eight. They lost six games by six points or less. So even that was a little bit of an anomaly. So... All the way through 13, you won double digits and made the playoffs. I checked single-season passing yards, single-season rushing yards. I checked fumble recoveries. Matt, that's turnovers for your team. Mm -hmm. Um, This year, the Chiefs recovered nine. The Eagles recovered ten. The 2004 Saints recovered 20 fumbles. That's the third-highest total in NFL history. They went eight and eight. Doesn't mean anything. I literally, I checked everything you can be good at in the NFL. 
the only one with no exceptions is if you are elite hitting the quarterback, you win double-digit games and go to the damn playoffs every single time. So enter Ryan Nielsen into the chat. Ryan Nielsen is part of, I'm not going to give him all the credit, but it's part of the reason why the Saints' pass rush developed into what it did. When, when Cam Jordan gives the endorsement that he gave on Ryan Nielsen, I'm going to take it and I'm going to believe it. Uh, it doesn't mean it's always going to work. Marcus Davenport didn't turn into what they hoped for. But they had a lot of their Trey Hendrickson's and, you know, some of these other guys that all of a sudden turned into legit pass rushers. So use the word elite. Let's crawl before we walk. How about good? If the Falcons can get to a point where they're good getting to the quarterback, and good would mean we expect 40 sacks a season, not it would be this pie-in-the-sky number to get to 40. If for the Falcons to get to 40 next year, you're going to say this, well, they got to double their number. No. You cannot start from a place of 19 and, and use that as the floor because nobody has 19 sacks. That's Nobody does that. Ryan Nielsen's floor should be set at like 30 or 35, depending on the upgrades the Falcons are going to make in free agency and in the draft. So if he can get it north of 40, then we then we crawl. Then we start walking, and then it's get, what's the E word you used? Elite? Elite. All right, we'll talk about that moving down the 50 road. 50 plus. Okay, that, I, my God, from your lips to God's ears, it would be great. But that's what the first step is. Next year is the, the bar, the floor, has to be set at 30 or 35, and we go up from there based on Nielsen and the talent. And I was really dry, kind of drilling down on this. last uh, Yesterday you were saying, well, why'd your voice get so low? Because mm-hmm. you were talking about spending the eighth overall pick on an offensive which line. I, which I'd, be, I'd love to. Uh, we can talk about that. My voice got low. <laughs> it just did it again. It's like, ma'am. <laughs> We need to talk about the pass rush. <laughs> um, I was like, all right, let's put a little bit behind this. But you know when I say take it, take a, take an offensive lineman eight and spend the money on the pass rusher, I don't want to try to develop another young guy. Go get me a by plug hook, and play. By crook, yeah. go, like, kidnap Aaron Donald. <laughs> I don't care. I just, he wouldn't let that happen. Put, put blinders on him. He's unkidnappable. Uh, no, you still play for the Rams. Go get the quarterback. <laughs> uh, it needs to be... The priority, above, it, nothing else translates. I went and looked. After you got through, through the anomaly of a team that lost six games by six points or less, it was another eight spots mm-hmm. before anybody missed the playoffs. Look at the Saints as the example now. The Saints have been one of the better sack teams in the league for five, six years. There are some other things they, they haven't done well. on it. Sure. The, the quarterback transition hasn't gone well, which is not a shock. They lost Drew Brees. The coaching transition from Peyton to Allen didn't go the way anybody wanted there, but not a shock. But they still hit the quarterback. Yep. They, they, they kept themselves afloat because they could still – Find a way to get quarterbacks on the ground. Here, I've said it's like the land of Oz. 40, uh, 40 sacks feels like something that is written about in books that we've never yeah. seen before. Yep. We'll see what Ryan Nielsen can do to change that. And again, the draft combo, the free agent combo, and then the development. Ryan Nielsen, put your hands on Arnold, Arnold Ebiketti. Turn, turn Arnold Ebiketti into a nine-and-a-half sack guy. Second-round pick, that's what he's supposed to be. We'll see if that's part of what happens in the future for the Falcons. All right, coming up next, the Braves have five legit contenders for this valuable award. Big Booty Award and Big Boobies Award. Those aren't real things. But they're valuable. Both are very valuable. But those are not the awards. Plus, the Hawks owe the Rain Man a pretty big apology. Oh, rain on me. Yeah. Kind of uh, weird. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's really, really weird. <laughs> we'll talk about that next. This morning in the Atlanta airport... No one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. 
Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon background screening make smarter hiring decisions. Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com. 